brain Welcome into his frequency Enter at your own risk Come be at peace with me Ask the call Where we rise and don't fall Welcome back to another episode of Baxter's Buzz. I am your host, Baxter E. Hall. Welcome to my brain. Welcome to my frequency. Enter at your own risk. Now, today I have a special guest with me. She is a culture shifter. We'll talk more about that in a bit. She provides life and business coaching for soul-led feminine leaders. She uses empathy-based practices to support women own their voices, embrace feminine power, and create mission-based businesses in service of transformation, justice, and equity. Um, when she's not doing all that, uh, she runs a girls' leadership program. The Power of Girlhood is for ages 8 to 18. Uh, and she's also a bilingual poet, which I did not know about before. So I want to get into that a little bit. And um, the quote that she uh, left was, she believes that uh, feminine, feminine empaths are here to disrupt the patriarchy, patriarchy and oppression with their mission-based businesses. Berhenda Williams, welcome to Baxter's Buzz. <laughs> Thank you so much, Baxter. Thank you for having me. Happy to no, be here. Uh, um, I, and I'll just say, I tell people that I, when I mean it, I tell people, um, you know, I, I pray a lot for inspiration, and I just feel so blessed when I'm able to uh, run into people who immediately like spark me, who immediately sort of change uh, the way I'm thinking about things, and sort of help me either change some thinking or either think about um kind of reinforce the path that I'm on we we have been connected on LinkedIn we we met face to face and um I was just like so impressed with you and I'm so glad we've been able to stay in touch and I'm looking forward to sharing learning more about you and sharing it with the audience as well thank you thank you yeah yeah, yeah. so um when we met we talked about the power of girlhood, but um, what came first, the the coaching piece, or did the power of girlhood, or were they were those were those things sort of formed around the same time? Walk me through kind of what led to some of the ventures that you have in businesses. Thank you for asking that. So I would say that they sort of came at the same time. I started coaching or realize, I didn't realize I was coaching when I was coaching. I was a teacher by trade, okay. a high school Spanish teacher. And what I would notice when I would see uh, certain behaviors in the classroom, we would need to have a conversation. And I never did it in front of other students because you know if you have an audience, it never goes well. <laughs> so right. let's remove let's remove ourselves from the environment and let's talk and get to the root of what's going on. And that's when I said, oh, I learned later when you start asking sort of probing questions or trying to get clear, clarity around a particular action or behavior, that's a lot of what coaching is because sure. you want to create a, a shift for the person. But it also... In teaching, students don't learn until you until they know that you love them. That's right. So sometimes behaviors are a form of attention getting or attention seeking. That's right. 
right? So there's a why, you know, behind everything. And it surfaced because principally I taught um, black and brown students, we would have very real and authentic conversations about uh, the world and their placement in it. And of course you deserve to have a place in this world and a voice in this world. However, there are thoughts formulated about preconceived notions about who you are, not your fault. However, however we conduct ourselves then can either change narrative or confirm. That's right, that's so right. Have some very real conversations. And if you take this language, you know, I know not all of you are gonna go off to college and continue with this language, but I would say for those of you who feel like you have a knack for it, this language will open up doors for you that may not be open to others and they won't see you coming. It's not expected. Mm -hmm. so when I tell people that I'm bilingual, hmm, it, I see this, this, this look and I'm like, what's the look? So are you Puerto Rican? Are you Dominican? Are you Cuban? Obviously places that have more of an African presence. It couldn't just be our study. <laughs> <laughs> right right it couldn't it couldn't be that yeah yeah right and so from day one when I would teach we would one talk about culture and then two then we would get into language but from a cultural standpoint the game would let be laid down this way the Moors conquered Spain the Moors weren't conversations that they had in other um, global studies and talk about the Moors. We're going to talk about the Moors here. We're going to talk about the Roman Empire, the Greek, and Ottoman. Okay. We need to have a conversation about the Moorish Empire and how it conquered Spain for over 600 years. We would not have math, architecture, language, um, hygiene, and the ways that we see it now. They look like you. So, coaching, culture, power of girlhood, identity, they all kind of rose at the same time. But obviously I am a high energy person, but I only had bandwidth. So I had to learn how to move seasonally and in, in, a, in a rhythm and in a flow. And uh, the power of girlhood also came out of teaching, again, out of seeing certain behaviors, uh, culture, community, family pathologies. Okay, so they, these girls get to be the generational curse breaker. They get to be the ones that reset and define the trajectory of their family. Mm. I know that might sound heavy for a high school student and a lot to put on the shoulders, but, and no spoiler alert, I saw the woman king. I was like, oh no, I was fine. They got it. <laughs> Because our protagonist in the film, I think she was 19 years old. I was like, oh no, I was fine. <laughs> yeah. And they did because they yeah. had just these really deep and profound life questions and their introspection. They were heavily introspective about who they who they are and you know, um, finding that sense of belonging and community, really curious about like what their gifts are, what they were good at. And you know, I would always press upon them, try things that are different. And be the exception and not the rule. Do things that they say black girls don't do. 
Mm-hmm. In places that they say black girls don't go. Yeah. So, um, so yes, to answer your question, they both kind of rose around the same time. And even in the infancy, I was also hosting a poetry series. Mm. So I had my day job, Power of Girlhood, coaching and a poetry series. And at that time, I don't think we had full language for people who are multi-passionate. There wasn't language around it then. And there was um, in the earlier days of coaching or even business building, everyone wanted you to niche down, niche down. Mm-hmm. And that just never felt natural to me. I mean, as human beings, we're multifaceted and layered and, and complicated. Like, um, I, don't, I just didn't accept that pathway uh, for myself. What, what's the what's the term now that 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 what's the what's the term multi-hyphenate multi-passionate multi-potentialite so there are are places now that are more welcoming sure and even in job descriptions you know we see things like um can multitask mm-hmm. uh, do well with pressure comfortable with ambiguity uh entrepreneurial spirit you'll see that even in 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 some job descriptions absolutely yeah so having a more expansive view and interest i think refine a certain skill set for definitely for resilience (laughs) yeah and adaptability yes yes no you i mean you you're describing me um and it's 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 hard to, to explain that to people still, right? Until until you can, until you get to a place where you appear successful, then it's like okay, it must be work, right? But yeah. before, you know, it's kind of like either you, what I, <laughs> what'd you say? That was arc. Yeah, yeah. I, was like, I know it was crazy. Like it's it's not a cloud in the sky, you yeah. know. Here. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I I so I just um celebrated two years of the podcast. Um on October 12th was the first podcast that I released. October 12th, 2020. And um I was just reminiscing with the um president of Catholic, the employee benefits division, Steve, and two uh two years ago when I, I walked into the office, he said, Come here, what do you what do you plan on doing with this Baxter's Buzz thing? And I said, I don't know. I have a couple of ideas. I'm just, you know, trying to create some good content, trying to have some good conversations, uh, trying to meet some like some awesome people. And you know, okay. And and um we were kind of uh laughing about it recently. Now he gets it right now. He's like, he's a huge fan. Not that he wasn't a fan before, but everybody's really like in this wait and see kind of, okay. What? And then, and then how does it, can, can it make a positive impact on the business? Right. That's great that you have this passion and you're, you're creative in that way, but is it going to translate to some dollars for the, your day job, quote unquote. And once those things, once you see a line where people can kind of correlate to, then it's like, wow, you should do more of that. Right. So it was before like, well, what are you trying to do to, yeah, keep doing what, yeah, keep doing that thing, right. Keep doing those things. Cause for me, 
the the different things that I do kind of feeds my passion for the other things that I do, right? It, yeah. it's, it's tough for me to be um, really like singular in my in my thinking. I just I just don't do really well with that. Um, to sort of pivot back to the the this, the, the feminine um, sort of energy in this this passion, you know, I was talking to my nine-year-old, my daughter, um, this morning, and I told her, she reminds me of me a lot, and it kind of scares me, because I'm like, well, what's she going to do? Is she going to be all over the place? So even though I know that, yeah, there's some real benefits to being this multi-passionate um, person, and also, you can find yourself in this weird space where you don't really know, right? So I so and I know that she'll she's creative. She takes to a lot of things, but what is she gonna do with that? And so I just told her this morning, um, you are a magnet for like people. You don't have to be anything that you don't want to be. You don't have to pretend. The people that are going to find you are going to find you because you are you. Stand in that. <laughs> Stand up for yourself. Make sure you people respect you, you respect others, and just be you and the people that are going to be around you. I says, no, no, it sound, sounds difficult right now. It sounds a little abstract. Trust me, the people, the right people are going to find you if, when you're yourself. Problem is, when we start trying to be somebody else, we end up around people that we we sh maybe shouldn't be around, right? And well, so... You're doing that for her, not to interrupt, but I love that you're helping her be herself because I don't think that we know how to do that. There's no class on be yourself one-on-one. -on -one. And when you were talking about singular focus, singular focus or narrow thinking has led us down the pathway that we're currently seeing being challenged and disrupted. 2020, we saw a racial reckoning unfold. I mean, how many centuries was that brewing? There was going to be eventually a tipping point in our culture and our awareness and you know the lynching of George Floyd was a ripple hurt around the world we're seeing similarly with the women of Iran in the cutting of the hair as a uh, protest over the life of the young woman you know who lost who lost her life and, and 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 we're seeing it because of social media but it wasn't saying that the revolution wasn't brewing mm -hmm. But when we have a, just a narrow focus, status quo, this is the way things have always been, but at, at whose expense, whose voice is being um, depressed, who is not being seen in their entire humanity and bringing it to the conversation that you had with your daughter, be yourself. She's from, what is it, seven to nine is where our personalities and who we are begins to cement. You're fortifying her with the assurance that she can explore who that is, right? Because I think many of us as adults are still trying to find Neverland. Who am I? <laughs> who That's am right. I? That's what right. is my purpose? And what am I here for? And I think it was, um, I heard in a Les Brown speech, he said, most heart attacks occur on Monday morning. Mm. And so what's driving that? You're going to a job clocking in somewhere that isn't fulfilling to your soul, to your spirit. Mm. And what you were saying earlier about how 
Um, essentially, if it doesn't make dollars, it don't make sense. Like people don't understand. But in those early years, I, I'll use myself as an example. I really had to turn blinders on because it wasn't for everybody else to get. It. Mm-hmm. And, you know, speaking plainly, when you grow up in the African-American traditional Judeo-Christian value, you go to school to be a lawyer, doctor, accountant, like those are all acceptable career pathways. If you're sure. Can be a teacher, you know, and yeah. I love teachers because without teachers, I mean, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have world. So thank, you know, thank God for, especially right now. Oh my goodness. So yes, that's right. All the, all our educators and those who support um, the educators and administrators right now, but there has to be um, this, this voice or something that ignites on the inside of you to follow your path. And this is where, um, your your intuition your gut your knee jerk your instinct mm. comes in and like you say your your daughter like you mm-hmm. draws people to her so there are themes that she can create as she gets older and even for those who may be listening start paying attention to the themes of your life start paying attention to those things that you do well with like the least amount of effort mm-hmm because in certain areas, I'll tell you, like, my 80% is the average person's 100. Hello. I, I, so you talked about this Monday morning, um, which I think is fascinating. I was um, I just came across a statistic recently that said that folks that feel like um, they are not, their job that they're doing is not aligned with their strengths, um, they burn out at 20 hours every week. <laughs> so it's like, it's this, hey, this is where I feel like my sweet spot is. Here's where I feel most comfortable. And then y'all got me doing all this other stuff that doesn't feel like it's aligned, right? And it's, it's, it's a stretch and, and I can do it. It's not that I can't do it. It's just that it's not fulfilling. And now 20 hours into every week, I'm pretty much done. Now I'm on autopilot and and that's another conversation for another day. And I, I think leaders have to have to be more aware, but also individuals have to take some more responsibility as far as identifying those strengths and kind of what where they feel best and most fulfilling and all that stuff. I, you know, again, conversation for another day, but I think um, you were going to start talking about sort of leveraging the things that come naturally and what you do well, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that when you lean into your strengths and when I was in school, I was a business major and I never will forget the first day at econ, my professor talked about um, absolute and comparative advantage. Mm. And so while there may be one person that can do everything well, we know that from a functionality perspective, that's not sustainable. So you're gonna have to give it to, give some things off, even though you could do everything. You're gonna have to give things off to people. And I'm of the mindset that to a certain degree, leaders are made, but their leadership is forged. 
So you can mm. born with the aptitude to lead. You're just a natural leader. And it's not so much that you desire to have people follow you. Um, you aren't designed to go with the flow or with the status quo. Mm-hmm. And so some people might call that divergent or anarchist, <laughs> but <laughs> there's a leadership quality because there's a constitution within oneself to see things differently and to forge a different, a different path and see or read between the lines and really kind of easily bottom line things. Mm-hmm. And those are great characteristics of a leader. Yeah. I think that there's sometimes that you, again, like my daughter, people are just kind of drawn to her. And it was like really cool last year, at the end of last year, we went to like the school function. And it was like really cool to kind of see. But sometimes we're not aware of like the po- like the power that we possess. Mm-hmm. And then we may like people being drawn to us, but we don't know what to do with it. We may, people may be lining up behind us, but we don't know where we're going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how, how, how do you um, help people sort of understand their strengths and understand like, all right, I got these people behind me. They, they want to be led. I want to help. But how do I like how do I properly sort of lead them somewhere? Like how do you help people s- sort of find their strengths and um sort of understand how to leverage those things? Yeah, so it's so funny because we had that conversation. So I have a 10-month group program within my coaching. And I have about seven women in in the coach. And we were talking about that, like how people are just naturally drawn to you. So as a empathic highly sensitive person um this is someone that can feel the thoughts feelings and emotions of another person as if they were they were experiencing it for themselves like in a local way in their bodies and so um one of the things that we were i was supporting them and quantifying was well what do i do with people say that you're such a light you're like sunshine in a bottle or i like Mm -hmm. your i like your vibe what do what do you do with that and so it's one thing to sort of captivate and mesmerize people, you know, with charisma, but then it's quite another to help mold and shape and support people in a particular direction. So when mm-hmm. you distill that down to what do those words mean, what does it translate to? So someone who has a warm and inviting presence can be a person that does well under pressure because when everyone else is sort of losing it, <laughs> right? A person that has a disposition that way can hold the space for those who can't under pressure or in high stakes situations, right? So you are able to quickly uh, find resolve and direction. And that's needed, especially in startup environment, well, it really any environment, but particularly in startup environments, but any organization is gonna look to the person. And it's it's funny, my sister has a similar disposition and um, had an opportunity to compose a company-wide email. So she was tapped because of that 
continence that she has that is that warm, inviting, very steady, solid. Okay, we need to to <laughs> deliver some news that's not so good, <laughs> but in a way that honors the humanity, right? That's not something that you can necessarily learn how to do in a textbook. Sure, sure. You know, that's kind of an innate, yeah. that's an innate thing because it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And you can have a genius in a particular area, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the delivery and uh, the ability to teach it. So there's a multitude of ways, again, to sort of express that. So if people are drawn to you, that's a lot of responsibility, number one. So to whom much is given, much is required. But then what will you be doing? And if it's not, if it's not rooted in the overall cultivation and expansion and well-being of another, that's when the gift can kind of be perverted. Mm, okay. All right. We, we... <laughs> this is a this is a lot and I mean you're I mean you are so right and you got my mind going in so many different directions I'll say this so not only will your sister be able would have been able to sort of craft this email there may have been someone who could have crafted that same email but coming from her people that know her they would they're going to receive it differently because of her spirit and sort of who they know her to be Right. So even if somebody else wrote the whole thing, it coming from her versus some other people, it's just going to be received differently. Right. And that's that other piece of that, that light and that empathy that I think is important. And um, some folks get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to those things, because we know we, we've had these experiences that they care. Mm-hmm. And and they are warm and they're not cold, right? And and, and all of those things sort of, it you know, it helps us interpret it a different way based on you know sort of who's delivering that message. Um, so you talked about this ten month program that you have. Uh, talk about that and talk about some of the upcoming things that you that you have come um, coming up. Yeah. So I mean, in addition to one on one coaching. I do have a, a 10-month uh, sister mind. So it's sort of a combination of a mastermind and a sister circle. So I have this sister mind that I walk uh, women entrepreneurs and leaders through to help cultivate, again, a stronger sense of self and agency, but also how to create a sustainable business. So whether you're a founder or you uh, work for organization, what are ways that you can use your natural gifts um, based in empathy and empathic to help um, the triple bottom line, which I believe is both people, profit, and I guess maybe it's more like three, and, and, and passion, like how do we ignite and fire off on all of those cylinders? And so we walk through that through that longer program. But a portion of the proceeds that I bring in through my coaching goes back to the power of girlhood organizations, which is the organization for girls between the eight and 18, which cultivates leadership. And so we like to expose girls to um, adult women, adult partners. We have a magazine that we just launched yeah, that just came out uh, this summer. We just celebrated our 11 year anniversary as an organization. 
That's amazing. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. 10 years of hosting the International Day of the Girl. We are the oldest uh, running consecutive program of the International Day of the Girl. And we go to schools, detention centers. Um, we have a YouTube uh, series that we have a, a young host who is a student at Wayne State. Actually, both of our um, our uh, girl, well, young women. Um, we have a project manager and a communication specialist who's a student at Wayne State. And so is our host of the YouTube channel, who's also a student at Wayne State. And ironically, I graduated from Wayne State. So I guess <laughs> Wayne State University. Yeah. <laughs> and so if there are any Wayne alumni uh, watching, <laughs> we will also kindly take a donation. <laughs> help um, keep our, 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 our work moving. So it is very rewarding to have your, your work and your values line up. Sure. And I think that that kind of congruence is, is really important. Um, whether you're in a leadership capacity or not, just in life, we want our values and our mission to align. That's right. That's right. Um, natural gifts based in empathy. Um, I love that you talk about people, profit, and passion. And I don't know if you, if it's intent, if profit is intentionally in the middle of that. I think sometimes people lead with profit and they forget about the people, or they try to lead with the, the profit and figure the people will just catch on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we need to lead with the people, right? And it, like, like you said, the whether you're leading people or whether you're just sort of part of the the mission, we all have such an important part to play and we, and we all need to make sure that we don't discount the role that we have and the other people around us have and sort of moving this ship forward, whatever, whatever that ultimate goal is, we need to make sure that we are leading it from a place of empathy um, and, and putting people above anything else. Right, because I mean, if you don't have people, you're not going to have profit. And, you know, if we don't have uh, passion, then we're not going to be able to sustain the people and the profit because there has to be something on the inside, uh, mm -hmm. an internal flame or fire or something that ignites you. Because there are times where things are going to get choppy and ambiguous. You just don't, you don't know. And you know we have to accept life on life's terms. So something has to be on the inside of you that kicks in to to say, you know, against all odds in the face of this is what I'm here to do. Here's me showing up in the fullest expression of of myself, and to get back in 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 the ring, you know, wherever. Yeah. That yeah. Wow. Um, so she is a. Uh, business coach um she's an empath she is a poet um the founder of power of girlhood and the leadership just salute to all that you are doing all the upcoming um the anniversary the magazine um you're leading the right way and i know why that light is shining on you because you're putting the people first uh, Berhinda Williams, thank you so much for joining me and we please we have to do it again. 
Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, for everyone listening, please make sure that you like, subscribe, share this wonderful conversation. Um, and also just as it relates to, to you, um, just know that you are capable. You just need to embrace your own frequency. So on behalf of Berhinda, I am Baxter E. And until next time, peace. Peace, everybody. Welcome into his brain. Welcome into his frequency. Enter at your own risk. Come be at peace with me. Ask the Paul. Will we rise and don't fall?